James chapter 1 and verse 22. When you're there, say amen. That's most of us. Let's read it. But be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself, he goes away and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the word. This one will be blessed in what he does. Wow. How many of you want to be blessed in what you do? I sure do. There's benefits when we begin to not only hear, but do what God has instructed us to do. And we're going to dig into that today. God's going to speak to us and change our lives. How many of you believe for that? How many of you became ready to hear the Lord speak to you? Let's pray and let's ask him to do that. Lord, I, I just commit this word to you. I ask you to speak to our hearts and to change our lives in the precious name of Jesus. May your word accomplish all that you desire it to. God, correct us where we need it. Strengthen us where we need it. If there's areas we need cut off in our lives, Lord, do that effective work in us. God, I pray for a great anointing to be poured out upon. Come on, church, would you help me pray for an anointing today? If you have liberty, pray with your spirit. God, we ask you to pour out your spirit. Give us eyes to see and ears to hear, a heart that perceives what your spirit is speaking today, almighty God. I pray, Lord, that you would anoint me, even as Jesus was anointed, to preach your word. Put an anointing upon me to preach you're under the unction of your spirit. I bind the works of the enemy. He would seek to distract, to distort, to confuse, or uproot your word as it comes forward. Give us, O oh Lord, liberty in receiving your word today. We commit this time to you in Jesus' name I pray. And everybody say, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Wow. Guys, I love the Bible. If you didn't get a chance to here last week's message, I encourage you, you can search my name on YouTube. Uh, uh, I think we, we keep our messages on our Facebook channel. You can go and, and search that. Uh, would love for you to hear that. I shared last week about the importance of daily Bible reading. How many of you at the beginning of the year, you began some kind of Bible reading plan? Okay, most of us did. I hope all of you do. If you didn't start it last week, begin it today. Uh, do something. If you can read through the Bible in a year, praise God. I was talking with Michael Kitchen, our piano player, and he's doing a, what is it, a 90-day or a 60-day? He's going through the Bible in 60 days. I mean, it's, a, it's amazing. He likes the audio Bible, and he showed us how he listens to it. It's like triple speed. It's pretty amazing. Uh, I said, be careful. You're going to start talking like that if you're listening to it all the time. But do something. Do something. Get into the Word of God. Start with a chapter a day if, uh, if you're, you're just coming to the Lord and just learning how to read the Scripture. But it'll, it'll transform you if you come with a right heart to receive. One of the things I, I want to deal with, uh, last week I talked about how do we receive the Word. How do we actually receive the Word? Um, and, and this continues to build on that idea this week. In fact, I'm going to give you the three points right up front. So if you're taking notes, I'll make it easy for you today. There's three things that you need to do if you're going to receive 
God's word, you need to, number one, hear his word. Number two, you need to remember his word. Everybody say remember. remember. I'm going to show you. It's here in the text, but I'll, I'll show you where I find that. And then lastly, you probably know, is number three, we need to do the word. Everybody say do. We're going to be doers of the word. So let me just, now the first one is kind of a review of a point that I talked about last week. We need to, number one, hear. Everybody say hear. Tell your neighbor, are you listening? We need to be hearers of the word. Last week I I, I shared a, a verse, verse 21, and it says this. Lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness. Receive with meekness or humility the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. Now, I talked about that last week, but I just I want to remind you of one of the things that it said, which I thought was a graphic and a telling illustration. When the Bible says to lay aside all filthiness, that there is a Greek word that literally means a buildup of earwax. That's what it is. Filthiness is like, have you ever had that? You ever talked to somebody who's hard of hearing? You ever repeat yourself all the time? My, I talked about my brother who had excessive earwax, and uh, now he uses a water pick to clear his ears, but we thought the kid was deaf. No, he had filthiness in his ear that simply needed to be clean. And this is why when we come into the presence of God, we have to intentionally prepare our hearts and our minds, our spirit. Lord, is there, is there junk? Are there sins? Am I, am I burdened emotionally? Are there things that will distract me from hearing from you? I don't know if you've ever got in the place of prayer. and You begin to pray and all of a sudden you start thinking about chores that need done. I don't know if that's the devil distracting us or if that's, you know, my own mind. What I just do is I take out a note, I write it down real quick, and I just get back into prayer. And, uh, you know, but we need to be mindful when we are inclining ourselves to hear, to receive of the word in a time like this in prayer. We need to, we need to cleanse ourselves. We need Jesus, wash me, cleanse me. I, I want to be ready to receive your word. But hearing is... It's an attitude as well. Have you ever been talking to somebody and you know, I mean, they're looking at you, they're making eye contact with you, but you know they're not hearing you? Every parent in this place knows exactly what I'm talking about. I experience this every Sunday morning. I'm just kidding. I'm just, you guys are great listeners, you're great hearers, but... <laughs> We've all experienced that. You know, so you're talking, but you just know. They're just like their eyes are glazed over. They're not hearing what you are saying. Well, we're going to deal with how do we actually hear. I think it's interesting. Verse 22, just hang out there in James. This is how I preach. We're just straight out of the scripture here. Be doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. If you think it's good enough to sit in hear words being spoken, but not respond to them in any way, shape, or form. The Bible says you're deceived. And that's an interesting thing. See, I, uh, my wife and I, I'm so proud of my wife. She has begun training, uh, actually a number of months ago, she began training for a triathlon. 
And uh, this last week, what, two days ago, she did the, I mean, mile-plus swim that she needed to do in the same day she did the 20 how many mile bikes, 22 mile bike, and she did the six mile run. She did it all in one day, and she still got months. Now, now she reads a lot on workout routines, and she watches videos, and she talks to people about, uh, you know, who've done this before, but how many know she can talk to all of the triathletes she can watch every video on YouTube. She can read every article. She can pick up workout magazines. She can do all of that. But if she doesn't become a doer, she's not a triathlete, right? Take and apply this in, in any area you want to. I can have good thoughts and intentions towards my wife. But if I don't do what I'm thinking, I'm deceiving myself. And in the same way, we can come and we can hear the Word of God. We can read the Bible. We can dig in in the, the place of prayer. But if we don't respond to the things that God is asking us to do, uh, we're deceived, the Bible says. Now, that word deception is not the normal type of deception that you read in other places of Scripture. This is actually a mathematical phrase. It literally means that you've miscalculated uh, you did your math wrong on this one, friend. If you think just sitting in church is good enough to transform your life, you've miscalculated. Uh, you did the math wrong. No, you need to hear it with a heart that actually is hearing. You need to respond to it if we're going to have it have the effective work in our lives. Now, You'll notice here that it says uh, that we are to be a doer of the word. Do you know what a difference between do and being a doer is? Or right, I'll tell you. So I can tell my son. Where's my son? He's not here. Oh. I can tell my daughter. Mariah, do the laundry. And it has been placed upon her in expectancy, go and do the laundry. But if I say, Mariah, you are now the doer of laundry. Do you hear the difference in that? One is, uh, do this today. One is, now this is your responsibility to do this. Right? So when we're being instructed to be a doer of the word, guys, I am a Pentecostal to the core. I love Holy Ghost encounters. This last Thursday night, oh my goodness, we laid hands on everything that moved. People falling out under the power of God. Prophecy was flowing. Uh, I think Thursday night's probably going to look like that again this week with our Bethel friends in house. It's going to be, we, I just believe for encounters from God. But can I tell you one area that I feel like we as Pentecostals kind of miss it sometimes? Sometimes we hear a great word and we respond and we have an encounter at the altar, and we think we're good. And we don't actually contemplate what does it mean to walk out this reality. Whatever it is, God may be calling you to repentance. God may be calling you to greater measures of faith. God may be calling you to step out in a particular area. And we sometimes will have an encounter in the altar and think the job is done. Friends, you've miscalculated 
We need to not just do it in that moment, but we need to become a doer. What is this? How is this going to change and affect my life moving forward? Is this making sense to you? So I'm going to help you because God's going to speak to you a lot. This time of prayer and fasting, as you get into his word, make new commitments to this, God's going to speak to you. We're going to be found as faithful doers of the word. Amen? Now, number two, so we need to hear the word. And one of the keys in in doing this is um, you don't see this. You know, it says be doers of the word, not just hearers only, deceiving yourselves. But one of the things that I do see in here and I think is a key to receiving is, number two, we need to remember the word. Everybody say remember. Remembrance is very powerful. And this is a few places in our text here today. In verse 23, it says, If anyone's a hearer and not a doer, he's like a man who observes his natural face in a mirror. He observes himself, he goes away, and immediately forgets. He looks and forgets. Verse 25, similar, it says, Don't be a forgetful Hearer. I like the way the Amplified says, don't be a careless listener who forgets. Don't be a careless listener who forgets. So we need to hear the word and we need to be intentional to remember the word. I can't tell you how encouraged I am to see all of these young people with notebooks right now. Adults, where's your notebooks? No, I'm kidding. I'm not going to. But, but we need to remember. We need to be intentional. I'm, gonna, I'm going to hear and I'm going to retain what the Lord is speaking. This is why I encourage people. If you're a dreamer and you want God to speak to you more in dreams, you need to be intentional to write down the things that he speaks to you. When I receive a prophetic word, I've got an entire folder on my phone that I can quickly add to, I can quickly access, I've got it readily available there so that I can look back, I can remember what the Lord has spoken. If I'm receiving something right now, I can add to it quickly because I want to hear and I want to remember, God, what did you speak to me six months ago? In our dreams, man, you'll forget sometimes an hour after you've woken up, won't you? But if you write it down, you can go back and reflect on these things. We need to be intentional to remember. This is why, like when we were entering into um, COVID, that was a, it was a very interesting season. I had a lot of time on my hands. Many of us did as things were initially in lockdown. We continued to have church um, and have people there, but most of our week was pretty open. And so uh, I decided this would be a great time to up my prayer life. And so you know what I did during that time? I wanted to hear and study, dig into what does the Bible say about prayer? And so I did something interesting. I began to go through all of the recorded prayers of the Apostle Paul. And I began to pray with the Apostle Paul. It was awesome, praying with the Apostle Paul. What is it sort, how does he talk to God? What are the sort of things that he asks for? How did he repent when he was, how he was wrong? Uh, uh, how did he contend for the power of God? What are the sorts of things that he prayed for? And I learned from the Word of God and the way Paul prayed And it strengthened my prayer life. 
This is the kind of thing. What areas do you desire to grow in? Do you desire to receive in? Um, one of the things I did this last year as I was reading through the Bible is I began to work through, um, and as I ran, read from Genesis through Revelation, I wanted to know, God, what is your heart for money? God, what is your heart for finances? And so what I began to do is as I would read through the Bible, if anything had something to do with offerings or tithes or stewardship or uh, business ideas, I would highlight it in green. If it had anything to do with like the power of God, miracles, signs, wonders, I'm highlighting it in blue. These are areas that I want to grow and I want to know, Lord, what do you say about these things? So this is a way that I will attempt to go through the Word of God, not just hear the Word of God, but I want to remember the Word of God. James gives an illustration. If you hear the Word and you don't do it, it's like a person who looks in the mirror and forgets what he looks like. How many of you have ever, do you ever take out your phone to check the time, put it back in your pocket? and immediately forget what time it is? Anybody do this? Where you find it like, and you got to look again? Because this is, this is kind of the picture that he's giving. It's like to, to, to hear the word but not remember it is just as foolish as looking in the mirror and you see you got chocolate stain on your face. You walk away and forget that it's there. Or to look at your phone to check the time and immediately forget what time it is. Friend. Don't be deceived. Don't waste your time hearing the word of God without a desire to really hear it and remember it and to act upon it. In fact, I love, it says, uh, uh, it says it's like a person who looks in the mirror and forgets what he looks like. Did you know that when you read the Bible, if you come with a right heart, you don't just read the Bible, but the Bible will read you. Like the Bible will actually expose areas of need in your life as well. It will reveal, according to Scripture, what type of person you actually are. You may think, I'm strong in faith. And then you start reading Hebrews 11 about the hall of faith and realize, i got a lot of room to grow. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You can think, I'm a, I'm a great father. And then you start reading about some of the fathers in Scripture and realize, I got room to grow, don't I? You can think, I'm a very loving person. You start reading 1 Corinthians 13. Love is patient. Love is ah, I've got some room to grow. The Bible will read you if you allow it to. Hebrews 12, I'm sorry, 4 in verse 12. Hebrews 4.12 says, the word of God is alive and powerful. It's alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword. It cuts between soul and spirit. That's your emotions and what God is birthing in you. Between joint and marrow. And it exposes your innermost thoughts and desires. Oh my goodness. You realize the word is powerful. The Word of God is powerful. Friend, let the Word of God read 
you. Let it reveal the areas that you need to grow. Let it show where you have put limits on God and where God wants to expand those limits. Let it divide between what is spiritual thinking and what's fleshly and lowly thinking and the unlimited potential that is in God. This is what God wants to birth in us. I remember, let me give you one example. There was a time I was praying and I said, God, could you use me to see an entire city born again? I mean, I don't know about you, but like to me, when I think about like Kona, man, let's see all of Kona born again. And I got surprised on one occasion. I was reading the prophet Isaiah and the Lord spoke to me. I was reading Isaiah, and he says, It's too small a thing that I would save the nation of Israel. I will send my redemption to the nations of the earth. And the Lord spoke to me, Jacob, if you're just praying for cities to be saved, you're believing too small. It's too small a thing that I would just save a city. I have come to redeem nations. Ask and I'll give you nations as your inheritance. This is one of these moments where I had a good intention in the way that I was praying. But as I began to get in scripture, I realized God's vision for salvation is a lot bigger than what mine was. It was reading me. And it was exposing an area where I need to believe for more. Oh my goodness. Do you let the word of God read you? Do you let the word of God minister in your heart and in your life? We need to come to the word. Lord, I'm cleansing my ears. All earwax out. I'm listening. I'm going to receive. I'm going to take notes when you speak to me. I'm going to remember what you speak to me. I'm going I'm to lean in and pay attention. And then the third thing is we're going to be doers. We need to hear. We need to remember and we need to do, we need to act upon this. Now, I'm going to highlight something here because even in, as we've been working through the book of James, we dealt with kind of the trials that come with everyday life. We moved into the realm of some of the problems that are caused by our own bad decisions, sin, and how the word of God can bring restoration. It says that it can save our souls. And I've been talking about sin for the last number of weeks, at least in some context. And I want you to be mindful. If we are not careful about how we receive the word, we could slip into this pharisaical mindset where it's just like, I need to do and I need to do more. I need to not do that. I need to do this. And we get into this legalism that is not what Jesus desires of our life at all. I'm watching The Chosen. Any fans of The Chosen? Everybody needs to watch The Chosen. Oh, it's so good. And I just get so irritated watching the Pharisees getting mad at Jesus for healing a man with a withered hand in the temple. Getting mad. How dare you tell this person to pick up his mat and walk on Shabbat. Oh, my goodness. And Jesus, Jesus, he didn't care about these things. He's like, Sabbath is for man. We're not, this isn't like God's thing like to dominate your life. It's to benefit you. It's to bless you. And if the paralyzer getting up and walking, praise God, walk. I just, I get, I get irritated when I see this. But man, friend, like we, we're closer to Pharisees than you may realize sometimes. 
Sometimes we get legalistic and we get dogmatic. And I, I mean, I, I used to travel as an evangelist. And one of the things I would do, I'd go into churches and encourage people, you can be a witness. Remember, early on as I was going into churches, we'd have somebody get saved at an outreach on Saturday night. And then on Sunday morning, I'm telling them, God wants to empower you to be a witness. Remember one pastor tried to correct me on that, like, well, he needs to go through discipleship. He's only been saved for a day. He needs to go through discipleship before he goes tries to lead. And I'm like, did you ever hear about the demoniac? You ever hear about this guy possessed with a legion of demons? You know what's crazy about that story? That guy gets saved. Jesus sets him free. He professes Jesus as Lord, as master, recognizes that he's the son of God. And then asks Jesus, can I be one of your disciples? Can I go with you? You remember what Jesus said? No. I want you to go. To the Decapolis. I want you to go to 10 cities and be a witness. I want you to go and tell everybody about what I've done. I mean, the guy is like 10 minutes old in the Lord, wants to go into the school of ministry, but he says, no, I just want you to go now. Do you know that when the apostle, I'm getting fired up, man. Did you know when the apostle Paul, when the apostle Paul began to see fruitfulness in his ministry, the areas that he saw the explosion of revival we're in the areas of the Decapolis, the 10 areas that demon-possessed man went and ministered in. It's wild. Let me give you another one. The woman at the well. Uh, go get your husband. Uh, I don't have a husband. I'm shacking up with a man right now. Five times divorced. Right. Okay. Jesus reveals himself to her. First person in Scripture that Jesus blatantly says, I am the Messiah. First one. This woman has not broken up with her boyfriend, has not been reconciled to her husband, but he tells her, go and be a witness. Go and tell everybody what I have done for you. And she does. And next thing you know, you see this sea of people coming to Jesus. And he tells his disciples, look, the fields are white for harvest. And they see an entire city impacted by the goodness of God. Now, that was a tangent. Oh, man, what was I talking about? Be a doer. So, yeah, we have a tendency. Have you ever looked at somebody? Man, they were on drugs yesterday. Why are we asking them to do something in a church when they just got saved? We need to not fall into this place of rigid religion. Now listen, listen. Purify yourselves. Be holy as I am holy. Friend, I'm going after God, and I am not in any way, shape, or form endorsing a sinful lifestyle. But I am also saying, give people the room. I don't care if somebody comes into the church and they smell like Pacololo. That's Hawaiian for weed, if you don't know. And they come and sit by you, and they reek. Praise God if they respond to the altar call. Praise God if they say, I'd like to go into politics. Praise God if they say, yeah, I want to be a sharer of the gospel. You know what? I'm going to give them the time of day. I'm going to pray. Because I was that kid that smelled like Pacololo. 
I was the drug addict who came in. I was the kid who'd been kicked out of school. But some gave me the time of day. Some recognized the call of God is on this young man. And because of that, I'm here today, friend. Do we give that same admission to other people? Don't be legalistic. And if you think getting into the word is going to make you legalistic, look at the way it describes this. In verse 25, he who looks into the perfect law of liberty. Did you know the word of God is a word of freedom? This is not a word of bondage. This is not a word that's trying to shackle you in and restrict you and confine you. Friend, I thought that living in rebellion was a path to freedom. I'm going to listen to what I want to do. I'm going to smoke what I want. I'm going to be around who I want. And I thought that was freedom. But it ends me in natural bondage. I got arrested. It ended me up in emotional bondage. I was depressed. There was times I contemplated taking my life. There were times I were in soul bondage where I was deeply addicted to drugs. And all these things that I thought would be freedom in my life ended up being severe bondage. But when I came to Jesus, I tell you, don't ever criticize a person who dances kind of crazy in the church. You don't know the freedom that God has birthed in their life. Don't ever get upset with those who are fanatical and radical for the Lord, who pray loud and who shout when they're talking about Jesus because you don't know what God has set them free from. There were people in bondage who have now been set free. I'm kind of curious, are there anybody in the house of God today that you were in bondage but God has done a work in your life and he has set you free? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Why? Through the word, the law of liberty. The law of liberty. Oh, my goodness. Jesus said, whoever commits sin, John 8, 34, is a slave to sin. But he says, if the Son makes you free, then you are free indeed. You realize? Oh, Galatians 5, 1. This is one of my favorite verses. You know why God sets you free? Pull up Galatians 5.1. The reason God sets you free, look at what it says. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. This is the heart of God, friend. This is the heart of the word. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Do you know why, according to this verse, why have you been set free? I know this is, this is deep. He sets you free so you can be free. It is for freedom. He just wants you free. So he sets you free. Isn't that good? Like, thank you, Jesus, that I don't have to live in bondage anymore. You have set me free. Oh, my. Worship team, would you come? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to close with this. Perfect law of liberty for freedom. He has set us free. Wow. When I was in prayer over this message, I felt 
compelled to share an aspect of my of my story that I never uh, I've shared it on one other occasion. I've never shared it with this church before. But I felt like there were going to be people here today that you have a a particular kind of bondage that I think the Lord wants to free us from today. When I before I was walking with the Lord, one of the things that I used to absolutely hate was silence. If I was sitting with somebody and we weren't talking, oh, it was like, it was like torture to my soul. When I would go to bed at night, I had to have music playing or the TV on in the background or something like that because I don't, I don't talk about this stuff much. When I would shut stuff down, I would hear like satanic lyrics from music that I would listen to. There were times that I would actually hear like, I felt like a demon was just, da, 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 just in my mind and my ears. And it was constant. If I didn't have music or some other noise that was going on in the background, I just felt like I was being harassed by the devil constantly. And I'll never forget the day that I was in a church service and heard the message of freedom. It is for freedom Christ has set us free. The law of liberty. And I went down to that place of prayer. Somebody laid hands on me. They didn't even pray long. Just pray, Lord, set them free. And I felt like all of this noise and just harassing, this constant bombardment of just the enemy, it's like it just got stopped. The next week, I was driving home from Dallas, where I was in school, to my hometown in Illinois. It was about a 12-hour drive. And I did something I couldn't even imagine doing the day before. I turned off the radio. I turned off everything. For about 12 hours, just rode in silence, in the peace of God. Yesterday, I was sitting and preparing my message. And I just took a moment to just take everything away. I wasn't listening to worship. I, you know, I was alone in the house. And I just, I just sat in silence and the peace of the Lord. And I felt like today God wanted to release that very same type of freedom in your lives. There are people that you're just constantly the accusations, the harassing of the enemy, maybe things that you've intentionally let in your life are just continuing to come back and just will not cease over your life. Today we're going to look into the law of liberty. I believe Jesus is going to set us free. No more harassment, but freedom peace that only God can offer. Can you stand all across this room right now? <clears throat>